What's really good, everybody? Welcome back to Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. I am your host, Alex Ace Caimano, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Andrew Hogan and Matthew Belt. This week's episode is all about Guy Ritchie's sophomore feature film, Snatch. Snatch is a non-stop, witty British crime comedy that ties together unlicensed boxing promoters, a pig-feeding gangster, jewel thieves, gypsies, and sneaky fucking Russians, who all cross paths in pursuit of a priceless diamond. This movie stars Jason Statham and Brad Pitt, Benicio Del Toro, and Vinnie Jones. This week's episode of the cast is officially, unofficially brought to you by Redemption Rye. We had a great time making this podcast, and we hope you all enjoy. Cheers, y'all. Like been drinking, been watching. You can sit on your own dick for this one. I will answer it, but I need to know the parameters here. And then there is a Ford Maverick. And there would always be the Ford Maverick. All right. Are we yeah. good? Ladies and gentlemen, we are uh, rolling. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Ben Drinking, Ben Watching. Matthew, Andrew, how are you guys? What up? What up? I'm okay, but I do want to bring up the fact that Andrew just blatantly showed up 20 minutes early. Andrew, exactly we... how many minutes early was it? So I re... so we were set to start recording at 3 o'clock today, uh-huh. and I showed up at 2.42. No, no. You and showed up at 2.40. Was... Matthew was... <laughs> was livid. Like, he... He, he was so taken by he's so taken aback by it that like I walked in and it was like a strange greeting and like he just kind of looked at me and was like early and I was like <laughs> I was like sorry I, I mean like, don't I just think it was a bit presumptuous to show up 20 minutes early without a text that's all I'm saying like I had thoughts about going to get a coffee what oh, did you you you, you would have just showed up at you the front just make landing I should have made coffee. Just make the coffee. It's like, Sunday. What are you going? He wasn't going to get the coffee. He's just being a cocksmooch about it. But I was like, thinking like it. about it. It sounds was, like you're cunting up right here. I was thinking yeah. about getting a coffee, and you robbed me of that option by showing up 20 minutes early. You know what, man? I want to take this time to let you know that I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think that's apparent. Okay. Well, you I should because I think you, you took some liberties with your. I time. apologize for holding up your day. Thank you. That's all. But I you needed. didn't. He was just watching Larry David. I no, know, no, no. But... I was watching Karen compilations. Oh, that's right. Karen compilations. Larry David was on in the back. Whatever it's going to take for us to move on. Yeah. Speaking of Karen compilations and being cunty, this week we are covering one of my favorite movies, uh, Snatch. 2000. 2000's Guy Ritchie directed Snatch, and that stars Jason Statham, Brad Pitt, Benicio del Toro. I wouldn't even Stephen say Graham. Stephen Graham. I love Stephen Graham. Who is like a very like low key home run hitter. Yeah. Um, he's only cool. in good movies. It, right. Yes, he is. He's, he's literally only in good, in good movies. movies. And it's interesting to see him because he's very underplayed in this movie, but then you see him in all these other great films and he's just like this over well, the top. I, I but think like he in plays a good it just way. right. I think he plays it just right. Also in this movie is, you know, Alan Ford, uh, Dennis Faria, um, Alan Jones. Ford. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, a couple of other uh, people that you've never seen again. Did you say Benicio? I said Benicio, yeah. yeah. And, and and I almost, I paused because I don't know if this movie exactly stars Benicio, but Benicio really is the true catalyst of the events that happened in this movie. It starts because of Benicio. Well, it's so funny you say that, Ace, because uh, so this was this week was my first time seeing Snatch. You've never seen it? I had never seen I was, it before. I was going to ask. Like, the guy has never, never seen, seen it. it. I had never seen it before, so I was pretty excited about it because, like, I knew – I had seen Lockstock, but I haven't seen Snatch. Oh, wonderful. Um, so as soon as I got here, I and honestly the movie it, it confused me a little bit. Like there, it was tough um, at times for me to follow everything that was going on. Sure. And I even said to Matthew um, when I got here 18 minutes early, I was like, <laughs> I was, I was like, 
what happened to Benicio? Like, he actually had to remind me of because I was like, I was so thrown. I was like, I don't remember Benicio's story ending. Right. Well, in fairness, I, I, I noticed this this time around when I watched it. Uh, the, the Benicio killing, it is very, like, you don't... It doesn't. The it's syn- so quick and like non-important at the time. The synapses don't fire right away because they don't actually show it. Right. None of right. the deaths happen on screen. Right. The focus in that scene is of Boris and Saul and Vinny. Yes. Like that's. Uh, uh, you know, all right. Before we get into any more of the specifics, yeah. Let's let's go over the general impressions, Matthew. What did you think watching this again in general? Well, my my general impression is that every time you bring up Snatch, you always see me do like a small eye roll. I always do. I can feel I, it. I know you love this movie, but like it had been so long since I saw it last, and I, I had this like vague impression of it in my head where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, it's a good movie, it's got a great cast, like it's it's Guy Ritchie. But like this time around, I like begrudgingly put it on. I was like, damn, this is snappy. This it's is crafted fast. Well. Yeah. This is a well-crafted movie. And like the cast of characters and all the fun things they get to do and say, I was just like, oh, this is fun. This is really fun. And I found another general impression I had was I found myself asking, how did Guy Ritchie pull it off? Like between the camera coverage that they get and the way it's edited and the soundtrack and the performances, I'm like, how do you keep track of this? A, and then B, how do you put this all together? I'm glad that you put that. I'm glad that you said that because I agree. It definitely is one of those things where you see it in its final form. You're like, this is a feat. Like, this is totally a feat. And I do believe it is knowing what coverage you want mm. and then letting the edit work with it. Dude, the editing is unbelievable. It's fucking incredible. Like, the, the, uh, Dan, uh, Pomfrey, what's up, buddy? He, hey, buddy. He, he sent me a script. And I don't know if this was a shooting script, if this was the first draft, but it was a script of this movie. You know, I'll bring this uh, up. You said you were going to send that to me but you didn't so yeah well i'll get to it i'm just saying you're you're being a little bitch today (laughs) it's sunday and we've interrupted his sunday his sabbath has been interrupted it's his fault that we're recording today i know it is but i'm saying (laughs) he's just pissed off that he had fucking for those that don't know we usually record friday nights and it's a sunday at three that we're recording you know because that's a convenient time yeah we're day drinking on sunday which you should be doing which everybody should be doing now that football's over well you know Football in replacement of football. Football on or off. In replacement of on Sunday. I'm just a little ornery. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I can totally fucking see that. I thought you that. said you took care of that. Yeah, well, he didn't, apparently. I he lied care. to you. I lied. But anyway. Um. <laughs> but no, the way that uh, the script is written is so unbelievably different from how the film is cut Mm. and I can see like I was reading the script and I could see like in the first 10 pages you're setting up pieces of each character like you're giving them their moments and in the edit what I love is that they start the movie off with a nice soft monologue a voiceover of Jason Statham and then the music cue hits and then there is just this highlight of all of the people that you're going to see who are going to matter well I want to ask you that so in reading the script like it it occurred to me watching it that that kind of montage at the beginning where you freeze frame on all the main players Mm. it occurred to me that that's something that could have come up in the edit and I'm wondering was that written no, it wasn't. The, the, mon- the montage wasn't written at all. Like it started with a, a brief, like one or a half page overview of each character. So you set them up in their own like isolated scenes. 
like the way that they actually do in the movie when you're really introduced to them but when you're introduced in this montage it's just flashes of these people freeze frame a little bit of a editor's uh, artistic um, yeah, filter like the over smash, yeah. yeah and then you just get the name well you and know like, what here's it is? the character here's who's going to matter eventually and we're going to figure out who these people are throughout and everything that you're seeing in these small in this small montage is like a physical representation of these people well, you know in what it like is? literally probably, a second that probably literally came up in the edit like guy Ritchie probably cut it all together and then he watched it and he's like nobody's gonna know who these fucking people are this moves way too fast we have to like you know at the beginning let's let them know well here are the characters like yeah these are the characters these are their names and they're gonna be recurring so mm-hmm. just get them now <laughs> right and I, and I like that because that's such a great little intro to a story and like you know how a lot of movies they start their movie with uh, directed by mm. um, here's who it stars and like that kind of floats off into the overture of the movie mm. whereas this is you get the title of the movie and then you get just the characters that are playing in this movie, not the actors. You're only getting... False. False. I'll stop you right there. I noticed this today. The uh, opening scene where they're doing the security footage and they're all dressed up as the the seeds. Essentially, the camera just goes from uh, monitor to monitor, and as the monitor is going, it's letting you know who the players are. You're you're right. You're right. But that doesn't take the focus. No, it does not. It's vague. It's not not so much that it's vague. It's like the focus is you're just glued as to what's going on on in these monitors what's happening here and then you get the robbery and then the intro happens yes and i I just think that that's so fucking cool in style and like that like that's like the best way that i could describe guy Ritchie in these british gangster films style he's got style the style is just so fucking cool (laughs) with you smile it's very like espresso like you had like four shots of espresso it's like okay it stylistically it had um I've mentioned this on a pre- previous podcast too. It had like a little Danny Boyle vibe, like a Run Lola Run, um, mm. like that, like train spotting type. That's kind of like the initial vibe I was getting from it. Um, and I think initial standout for me. Um, well, first of all, ensemble cast. These are these are some of the greatest ensemble actors that you possibly could find to fill a, a, a movie. Sure. But Jason Statham, when he's given like actual writing, he's a good actor. Yeah, he's he really is. good. He's like a good actor. Yeah, I was like, is. I was like, I've seen him in cheesy PG thirteen action movies. Like, yeah. He can he can he can hold his own like he, he can, got typecasted into that Expendables universe and the Fast and Furious you know yeah, which it, sure. which just sucks because like I said I mean Guy Ritchie's only written like I think it's like seven or eight things but like he can he can do it on screen well I, I think that's like the charm between uh, Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie is that Guy Ritchie gives him a a, a universe where he can act he's not just used for his body he's <laughs> well, given him a character it almost feels like can... like that's Jason Statham's life well, like, I, was <laughs> say, I was about to say Jason Statham probably walked away from both these movies Snatch and Lockstock and he was like alright well he's got me I can't really do much more <laughs> he's like well it sucks now because everybody we just recorded the film where I actually live <laughs> <laughs> like he lives in Who Mickey's, Mickey's caravan. Yeah. He's like, yeah. he's like, that's where I was raised. <laughs> and like, I could believe him and Stephen Graham. Like they, like, For it sure. was a very believable like For sure. mentorship. Even though I'm pretty sure Stephen Graham's older than him, but like, like, I think I think you're right there. But I think that it's funny because there's like 
they're both dipshits. Wicked. They're both yeah. complete fucking dipshits. But there's one that's like, I got the fucking moves and I know what to do and you're my sidekick. And yes. it's funny because Tommy really does come in with the home run many times throughout this movie. Yeah, but you never expect Jason. it from him because you know, he has you know. that major flub at the beginning when he's trying to buy the caravan. And it's like, oh, that sets him up as a dipshit. But then Tommy, he's cons- that tit. And oh, he's got he's the cons- gun in his trousers. Yeah. I love the concept of proper fucked in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I picked up on in the writing. I was like, I was like, what is proper fucked? And then like, I heard like completely. four people use it and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. all right. I was like, I guess this is he's like. He's going to start using that. I am. Like, like, I'm no longer going to be like, fuck you. I'm going to be like, proper fuck you. <laughs> You're using it wrong. <laughs> it's, nah, they're fucked now. It's like, no, they're proper, proper fucked. Proper, yeah. proper fucked. This is, yeah. this is, this is, there's no unfucking this one. Dude, can I pivot real quick to this ensemble cast? Uh, what's his name? Alan, um, Alan Ford. Alan dude, Ford. Ford. Bricktop. He is monstrous. Forceful, dude. He, he is, is a monstrous. Force. He's and one of my glasses. favorite villains. The Coke bottle fucking, you, like, big. Like, you can see that they're so fucking thick. Yes. That his and eyes are take, like fish eyes. Even when he takes them off later in the movie when he's at the boxing ring before he orders the hit on the pikeys. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, those eyes are still piercing. They get me. Dude, his teeth really get me. Oh, his teeth. He I was taken teeth. back when he's talking to um, Vinny and Soul um, when they're, like, trying to put the pieces back together. And then he opens the door and they're there with the saws and they have the corner bags. Oh, and I was like, place is just I was like, draped in plastic. I was like, this is not where I thought this was going. No I was shit. Like, and then he just kind of looks at them. I was like, Fun fact, a uh, little bit of trivia. So apparently in English culture, it, I might be paraphrasing this wrong, but I read a little piece of trivia that says okay. that in, in English culture, apparently the people who are most detested in life are animal abusers. So sure. as a character choice, Guy Ritchie added in that Alan's character prods the dogs I, yes, that to is make, a him more, point. make him more Look villainous. Mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 you're right. That, that, and that makes sense because he is a true proper villain. Dude, he is one of the best villains. He's so good. Yeah, he's played to pitch perfect notes. But what's so funny uh, when it comes to like how you see Bricktop as this giant threat to all these characters, he is just still a small fish in a much bigger criminal pond in England. And they make that very apparent after he loses, after Mickey doesn't go down in the fourth round. In the on first, the first fight. time. Yeah, that's and right. And he has to go up and they and juxtapose apologize. it very beautifully. He apologizes and then the other guy comes up to him, the smaller fish, and he's like, I just lost a shit ton. He's like, never interrupt me while I'm walking again. And he fucking stabs him. Well, he cuts him in the leg. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was fucking beautiful because uh, he's in trouble. He's yep. lost. He now has to answer to these guys who are bigger fish. And he's like, these motherfuckers. And then he gets stopped by a smaller, like, he's not gonna mu- insignificant. And it's like, I need to now like get my power back real quick by telling this fucking fringe is what he calls him. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you stop me whilst I'm walking again and I'll cut your fucking Jacob off yep. and he cuts him right in the leg and then fucks off yeah i, I, I was, was good when scene. i first saw that i was so confused like what did he do and then i was like oh he cut him he just yes, straight he up did. cut him without like any like inserts and i thought that was a great style to like hold on that frame on, on that setup yes before he moved away i was Dude, like guy damn Ritchie that's so is, good in this movie guy Ritchie is exercising a lot of control but at the same time like it's just coming across as Style. Well, like, it's like that the, scene in particular, the way he framed that, 
and not going to a cutaway of him pulling out the knife, you know, cutting him. It's the exact same style of Lockstock. It really is the exact same style of Lockstock, except there's confidence behind it. Mm. Like, I was watching this short, uh, there's like a 20, 25 minute video of oh, Guy Ritchie. Did Guy Ritchie watching it after 20 no, years? No, I read about it and I was going to go get my coffee and then mm-hmm. watch it, but then Andrew showed up 20 minutes early, so I didn't Andrew, have a chance. You ruined to... it all. But no, <laughs> I, I did watch, I watched about like 10 minutes of it and it was just Guy Ritchie watching Snatch after 20 years of not seeing it and he was charmed. He yeah. really was charmed and he was explaining how uh, one of the big things about Snatch was that he had all of these things like half written already like all these characters that he couldn't fit into Lockstock just kind of came out on this B-side movie mm. like you know like Snatch was the B-sides of Lockstock which was his full length album mm. like all the songs that didn't make it to the album was Snatch but Snatch as I can see now is a better crafted more carefully articulated story mm. than Lockstock like well, Lockstock has like that raw indie power to it which I, like anybody could fall in love with that style like you watch Lockstock and you're like man I whatever you're doing I trust and I'm well, gonna go forward well it's a young filmmaker's it. like wet dream they're like oh man you watch that and you're like oh I, I can fucking do that or at least I can I can just strive to do that right and like after Lockstock there was a lot of success and a lot of offers to Guy Ritchie and his crew to come and do these huge like multi-million dollar budgets and there was he, he claims it to be a bit of fear and intelligence mm. that kept him away from that before he did Snatch mm. and he's like like this is the genre that I know and this is what I'm doing really well right now like give me a little bit more money give me a little bit more cast and I will tell you a better story I will craft you something a little bit more um, relatable well it's interesting to hear you make the analogy of full length album and b-sides because in a lot of the reviews that I read and quite honestly I feel this way too but it's like he took Lockstock and he changed the arrangement. He took the same notes and he just changed the arrangement, but it was the better product. I I, I know what you're saying. I just think that he changed the um he changed the notes versus the arrangement because the arrangement is very like there are almost shot for shot pieces of Lockstock in Snatch. That find themselves in Snatch. That find themselves in Snatch. Which ironically find themselves in the gentleman, uh, and what is so good about the gentleman is that that's him after all these years of like doing other things, branching out to different genres, working with different people, having bigger budgets, working on bigger sets. Like he's like, watch what I actors. can do again and, and best. And he and he goes back to what he's best at, and what he's best at is British crime, all-encompassing, unrelated people coming together at the end for one specific. Uh, goal and I like I was trying to figure out like all right what is the synopsis of this fucking movie like how do you say this movie in a sentence because there's so many different webs <laughs> Andrew doesn't even know what happened in the movie I don't think he can do it in a sentence like. <laughs> in, in a sentence no I mean I guess you would say like all right so an unlicensed un, an unlicensed boxer's manager gets in over his head with a gangster and other people outside intervene in some way well it's like really two intertwining stories like there's there's two plot lines there's the heist and then there's the boxing. Yeah, yeah. And they and, intertwine and they right. end up coming together, you know, at the end. But not, but not sloppily. 
No, no, no. It it makes sense at the end. It's, it's just the it's it's the movie in the middle. It doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, I'm baffled. <laughs> yeah, like, wh- where where were you lost? Was it just the jumping of stories and characters? I don't or? even think it's that because I do it's think that's language. done well. I think a lot of it has to do with the language because I'm sure. like, I'm like, what am I supposed to actually be paying attention to here? And mm. what's just you know fun Gibber- gibberish? Yeah, like like nothing with Brad Pitt made any sense to me. <laughs> oh my god! And how amazing was that? He's though? still great. You know, like. And I thought I, I really want to talk about that last boxing scene because I think that's the best. I think that's the most well done scene in the entire movie. I think it's fire, awesome. especially how he cuts to and the the floating underneath He's the ice. Yeah. He calls back to that monologue from earlier with Alan. He visually represents it with Brad Pitt under the water. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, dude, that's really good. And then literally, Brad Pitt just changes the entire narrative for Alan. Or what's his actual name in the movie? I'm sorry, Bricktop, Bricktop, Bricktop. Right. And he just flips that entire metaphor on its head for Bricktop. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't even, like, I always thought that that was just like a, like, just what happens when you get knocked out. It feels like you're kind of underwater and then, like, you come back from it, but you putting that right there, that's that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. You're welcome. Be- <laughs> <laughs> because you're right. You're absolutely right. And at that point in the movie is when everything starts to shift. In, like, the last five minutes of that movie is when, like, the real shift happens and the real winner comes out, who is Mickey, the pikey, who you don't understand the whole movie. And, yeah. <laughs> what's funny is that it, it the and I, I thought that this was interesting because I have a list of all these characters that I want to go over with you guys in a second. But somebody that I did I didn't put in here that I think is extremely important is the dog. Oh, the dog is like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Right. I mean, well, not even that, but like, like so Mickey is kind of like the wild card character where you don't know what Mickey's going to do. Mm-hmm. But really, the wild card character is is the dog. Is the dog. Yeah. That is the wild card character where it because it's introduced right in the beginning, right when you meet Vinny and Saul, the dog's introduced, and it's constant throughout, and it's always causing some kind of neutral chaos. They're always referencing the dog. Right, and Mickey kind of has motives, and like, he has a reason why he's doing these things, but the dog is true chaotic, um... Chaos. It's it's true chaos. It's true, like, a chaotic wild card. It's not fighting for either team. It's just existing, and it's causing all of these fucking problems for all of these different people. Dude, going back to it, when, uh, when when we have that flip at the end where you know mickey executes the hit um how great is that when jason statham he says you know it's something to the effect of yeah looking back on it i didn't realize how uh you know and he's talking about how mickey took his mother's death and he's like it it occurred to me that he took his mother's death quite lightly yeah they all took it yeah and then they show his whole team his whole gang they're all just just take him him out like pack (laughs) of fucking gypsies are just like in on this fucking plan and like they're the most I think they're the most badass and in control. And in and the build up again, kudos to Guy Ritchie with the writing, but he constantly builds up this idea that the gypsies are unpredictable, that the gypsies are actually in control. Like it, the first scene when uh, Tommy goes to buy the caravan, sure, uh, th- they say outward. He's like, you know, I they're so good at negotiating because you can never even hear what the fuck they're saying. You don't know what they're saying, right? And then they just keep doing that throughout. Like even with the hare and the dog chase. Um, oh yeah, you know it's just constantly building, and then like they simmer out, like after the death, 
and then they come back in that big well, way. Well, because it's like there's such like this weird little force that's within the movie, and like you're you're supposed to believe that Bricktop can touch everything. He can't. And when when <laughs> when he goes and he burns the caravan, like that really is the subdued. Like okay, we're gonna compress the gypsies for a minute. Like they're under control. They've been hit by something that's way bigger than their little, uh, you know, trailer organization. Yeah, they think they're tough talk. They think they can. Un- until until the city boys come in and, and shut them down. But when you're absolutely right, though, I do love when it's like, no, we actually have the upper hand the whole time. Like as soon as you did this, we know exactly how you're gonna play this shit. Yes. And you know, man, how... and then here's the best part: you guys are all city folks. We're gonna up and leave. Yeah, like we. You're can never gonna see us again. Yeah, we can do that. We moved that fast. And... Oh yeah, why don't you track down their social security numbers? <laughs> it's not like they have social security numbers, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, all right, cool. So uh, I'm glad you guys uh, enjoyed this dude, more was, than you it's thought. It's fun. It's a fun movie. I didn't love the Vinny Soul story. Like I didn't love their characters. The, the pawn shop um, owners. Yeah, that was. They weren't my favorite. Oh um, man. But that's that's. And I kind of got lost, like in their, you know, in their story a little bit. I loved their car scene, that dialogue in the car. With um, the, which one? The gun? The replica um, or the, the replica? Uh, what the fuck can he get away from? That's it. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're talking about what's his name? Tyrone. Like, Tyrone. Yeah, and he's oh. like, he's like, he can move if he has to. <laughs> he's a natural, ain't you, Tyrone? Of course I am. Yeah, he, I, that character was such a friggin' bumbling idiot that I was like, Tyrone. I yeah, I, I, you could clearly see where they were gonna go wrong with that. Well, see, this is what's so beautiful about Guy Ritchie movies is that there's always an element of like stupid uh, involvement. Like, like, there's an involvement of uh, like a, a player who is just so fucking stupid. But somehow they make it out. It's like their stupidity doesn't kill them, even though it, in all rights should. Mm. Like, in all rights, Tyrone should be dead. Tyrone well, should be doesn't he die killed. at the end? He no. gets killed by Vinny. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't, because Vinny empties the clip into Boris the Blade. Oh, that's right. And then that's he goes right. to shoot him. He's like, you lucky Dude, how bastard. how funny is yeah, that when, he, when Boris is like, I'm not done yet. <gasps> Boom. That was awesome power Boris. shit right there. Oh, that was so fucking... And that's held the best on. bullet to Tony, too. Like, the scene leading up to that, where he's talking to the three of them. And, and he gives him that little monologue. Yeah, replica that's, on that's the side versus bullet to Tony. He's talking about their balls. That is what made makes Bullet Tooth Tony a badass. It's like, okay, so you have all this juxtaposition where he's like, okay, he's been shot six times. Like, clearly he can get the job done. Okay, he can get information. Like, you see the first, him get the information like, with the car. Yeah, yeah. You, like the first time you're introduced to him in the movie is he's bashing somebody's <laughs> head in, which is a callback to Lockstock, by the yep. way. And, because uh, the same same dude. He's Ironically enough, in, that was the stunt coordinator that he was uh, bashing his head in. His stunt coordinator? Yeah. On oh, the, oh, oh, the stunt coordinator, the stunt for, coordinator for the whole movie. on the movie. That, oh, that's that was awesome. him who volunteered to be the guy getting his head smashed in. Bonjour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's like, okay, this is a force. And then when you see that monologue, and, and what, what's so funny is when he gets into the bar, he gets a drink, and he the makes his phone pour. call. Yeah, he looks at the drink. It's half poured. He looks over the bar, and he sees that the guy's on the ground, and he looks in the reflection of his glasses like, oh, being held up. Here it goes. And he just goes and sits down and he delivers that. Yeah, man. I, and on top of that, I mean, his character is great. Uh, his character is absolutely great. But then again, I got to go back to Guy Ritchie and just like the force of a director he is. That that hallway interaction, that hallway Mexican standoff, and the way – so when, when, uh, when Bullet comes in and he's diffused the situation and we just track back and forth with him mm. up and down this hallway and we just linger with him. 
everything. It's one shot. I was like, are you kidding me? Like the balls on Guy Ritchie for doing this. And, to- and on top of that, good on the performers for like killing it during this whole take. But you know you got you got inserts of, of Boris. You like, do have there inserts. There was a turnaround like, where really, like, you did the, the main whole scene performance. with Boris. You, you, have the tur- you have the inserts, you have the turnaround, but really when Bullet comes in, it's that it's, one shot. And, and the master, yes. That's exactly what it is. And I think that's the best choice you could have had in that. It, it was so good. It, just to have off, off like a voice, uh, like off camera, uh, Boris just, just chiving in, just fucking jabbing at him, like you can't <laughs> fucking kill me. And he empties a whole clip, and he empties a whole clip into the fucking guy, and it's and it's cool. well, technically he empties two clips well, into the dude. Well, he goes through the wall with one clip. Yeah, and then he, he comes in and he, and he empties a clip into him afterwards. Yes, which is cool because when you first <laughs> when Bullet Tooth Tony is first introduced to the fact that Boris the Blade is involved in whatever this is, like there is a noticeable like change in his face. Mm. He's like, oh, Boris the Boris is like Boris the Blade. He's like Boris the Blade. Mm. It's like mm, who's Boris? the blade you mean boris the bullet dodger so why do they call him the bullet dodger i'm like he dodges, dodges bullets, bullets <laughs> <laughs> and then how good was it i also love at the end like you like you talk about well-rounded characters bullet is a well-rounded character because then at the end when he's asked to cut open the dog he's like what it's a bit harsh isn't it <laughs> this is a bit harsh isn't it? <laughs> that's one of my favorite things too because avi who is you know, like he doesn't touch any of this kind of shit he, yeah he's he, just he's, pointing his finger and yeah, saying go he's like all right well we gotta cut this dog open like obviously and even like the hardest person in the room is like oh i don't uh, know about that i don't know man i, I really do love that I, uh, that's very face right now i fucking love bullet to tony i think he's so <laughs> funny i think the movie on like on the level is wicked funny and i don't even understand half the dialogue like, <laughs> but i do i think it's very good. I think it was uh, it, it was a fun movie. Who is your favorite character? Bullet to Tony. Bullet to I don't Tony. even think it's really close either. And then I love Turkish and Tommy too. Mm. Like I love that they're uh, I love their back and forth. It has um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Pulp Fiction. In a way, it's an anthology. Yeah, like the, that. Say, like the, the way that the yeah. stories intermingle and things like that, and then the way they kind of come together and again at the end. And I do think it has a little bit of it has more humor than Pulp Fiction. But I Way do think more. that it follows it that. But Pulp Fiction is funny too, though. Like Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is funny. But I think the Snatch is way funny. I think the Snatch is a comedy. There's like, no, there's no moments in Snatch that make you feel like it's real, like in Pulp Fiction, yeah, where Pulp things happen. And you're yeah. like, oh shit! Like I gotta like sit down, and, like you get down with this process. Like this. yeah, like, the only part that would maybe lead you to believe that like that oh shit moment where it's weighing on you is when Mickey's mother goes up in flames. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Yeah. That moment, I was he, like, because he initially like you could see the look on his face. Like he's just so, dude. Brad is destroyed in this. Movie. This is one of the most unrecognizable Brad Pitts that yes. I've ever seen. Is him as Mickey, where it's like, okay, everything that you say is literally a mumble, mm. and like you have to watch it so many times to like get what he's saying. Like he's speaking clearly. He is. He is speaking very directly, and it's not like he's just like muttering up his speech with words or, or like sounds. Like he's definitely delivering lines. It's just the way that he does it when you first see it. You're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, go. Back. Can I rewind this? Yeah. Like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah, um, dude. And like his, uh, the boxing scenes are fucking amazing. Like the way he just kind of like shrugs his shoulders around and like just kind of dances about, and then just the one punch. Well, one it, punch. You know, the one punch. I think that is cool. Uh, that they have like a sound motif that happens every time that punch happens. The yeah, it's a big riser, and like the, there's like huge reverb afterwards that just like goes over. Like even though it cuts 
it's and like, it's, oh my god, it's like, eh, well, but it is, and it's not like really an incredible punch. Like they didn't do anything other than add that sound and make the hit happen. Like the sound is really what makes you know, like that was the most forceful hit. Like yeah, it's not in terms like of they production put contact and the way that... into the face. It's not like they put coverage into anything else. It's just the hit. But then again, like I, I mean, <clears throat> yes, I see where you're coming from, and I would agree 100. But here's what I would say is the difference is that they built again, Guy Ritchie. Kudos to you, man. Essentially, every time he goes to fight, they build him up against a, like a lumbering beast, much and bigger man every time. Much bigger man. And what Brad Pitt does that's so genius it's it's the deflect in the hit. It catches right. him off guard, and he just he just grabs him in the chin and just hits him backwards. And it's it's just like that quick move that really gets you. It's like it is wow, so, this guy so quick. This guy knows what he's up against. And and I love that. And when you first meet Mickey in the caravan, it's like oh. Turns out he's a fucking unlicensed bare knuckle boxing champion. Yes. Not even just a fighter, but a fucking champion. Yes. Like, and he can like take the a most hit. unheard of fighter. And it's like Turkish, who has been doing like, this for a long time. Like he's been managing unlicensed fights. He knows he's got the in and out of, of all of the fighters. He's got his own fighter who clearly has made a name for himself. And even he didn't know about it. Never that. heard of this fucking guy. No. And it's like they're they're dealing in like a completely different pond. Well, it's because it's, you know, it's interesting because you could even look at culture in that way. Like, the, this movie deals with, like, the culture of the underworld and the gypsies, the, you know, the pikeys. They they have their own culture that these guys just don't really understand. They get to know it's just it not over the course of this movie. It's not inclusive. Like, if, if anything, there are, like, a key, couple key players in, in the, the pikey campsite who interact with city folk and who make these little deals, like, selling caravans, doing fights, like, you know, pushing whatever it else that whatever they're doing yeah like they're very like few it's like no one's immersed into the world of the like how the do you camps they're on the move all the time you know and I, and I love it i really do love it and i think this segue is greatly into like all these characters here what did you guys think of benicio frankie four fingers who oh, is... i'm glad that we like yeah andrew what do you what do you think first? so i loved i loved benicio uh, i kind of felt like there was like i was missing something with benicio like i didn't feel like i got enough from him i love the scene where he's on the phone and he's trying on the suit swapping oh my suits. god like so i think good. that's every time he cut back he's wearing something completely different i love that scene um I thought I just kind of felt like I wanted more Benicio, and I feel that sure. way in a lot of movies that Benicio is in. Pretty I'm much like, every sure. movie with I'm, Benicio, I'm like, sure. it's like I can't. Why I guess is there usual not suspects? More. This, yeah. Which so know. like maybe Benicio's not actually that great of an actor, which is why directors are like, we're gonna give him like eight minutes of screen time, and that's it. And we're never gonna hear. Yeah, from maybe him he's again. just a son of a bitch to work for. Well, I'm sure, but like, the opening scene, Sicario would prove otherwise. That's all I'm saying. So it's tough to judge his acting chops on you know like the the security footage and the opening credits. You know, like when he's in the Heist. What are you talking but, um, about? I mean, it's it's security camera footage. Yeah, but he's but talking like, the whole time. Like, just he's going off the whole time in character. I want to go only, back to that. I want to go back to that. Continue your thought. Hold on, I want to go back. To I that. just All don't right. think like I wanted more from Benicio. Like I wanted more dialogue for Benicio, and I and like I said, I I didn't think that his you know conclusion was you know really decisive enough. It was okay. very decisive, but it was anticlimactic. It definitely maybe, yeah, wasn't maybe that's the maybe that's the better word. You know, maybe that's no. the better word is anticlimactic. Because I was just like, well, I don't he know. Started this whole thing, like he right. stole the diamond. I'm like, and now he's just he's just not around anymore. Dude, call me crazy, but like I did see it. Like I know I've seen this before, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. Quite honestly, I forgot that Benicio dies in this movie. When I watched it this time, it was all too clear very early on that he was going down. And the main thing that gave it away was. Well, 
he can't hear Boris's voice. The guy sure. has business with Boris. Sure. If he hears the voice, he's going down. Well, also, something that's very um, telling of that is the first people that you see is Tommy, Doug the Head, and Turkish. In the, in the beginning of the movie, the first people that you see is the opening monologue of what do I know about diamonds. Yes. And then you go into the heist. Yes. So it makes sense that it bookends in the exact same way where the people who are standing and living and unscathed are Doug the Head, Tommy, and Turkish. Yes. Everybody else has been touched in some way. Yes. Like by the end of this movie. So like when, when I saw that, I like, okay, so Benicio really starts the story off. He kicks it off. But... It, it makes sense that he dies. It makes sense that he dies because he's not the leader of this movie. Dude, I'm going to fanboy all over Guy Ritchie today. Um, what 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 I didn't realize was still, like, you were talking about him changing four outfits in the course of that phone call. I was just, like, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, he he's, he's a guy who loves luxury. Like, you know, we're seeing that he's trying on a bunch of different outfits. What I didn't realize until watching it again was that he's got all those outfits. He bought all of them and they're all lined up in the van so that he can swap at any time. That's right. I yeah. was like, dude, what a callback. That's so great. That's right. That's Ma- right. Little mastermind. And dude, Benicio, like, uh, with the cigar and, like, I love the close-ups of Benicio in this movie with his hair kind of stringing down his face. Oh, yeah. And he brings the gun up and, he like, scratches the, the, his eye scratches with his eye and he's got the cigar in frame. I'm just like, dude, like, you could be, you're only in this for six to eight minutes, but you're chewing up the scenery in a way that I am down for. I love, I love his dialogue for as little as there is, I really do love his interactions with everybody. Yes. Like, like when uh, he's talking to Doug the Head about the diamond, he's like, oh, you know, I gotta I gotta go catch a flight. I gotta do these things. He's like, oh, you know, chill out, man. When in Rome. He's like, I'm not in Rome, Doug. I'm in a rush. Yeah. I'm in a rush. <laughs> Dude, and that leads me to think about all the uh, all those slam cuts. Uh, like, the, the best example, Benicio has them with his, like, whenever they reference, oh. His gambling. His gambling. And you see the smash cuts of him, like, smoking a cigar <laughs> and throwing cards down. And then same thing later with, uh, what his name Avi yeah yeah and you see uh you know all right I'm going I'm coming to London <laughs> you know buys tickets passports bam. yeah and it's then very rhythmic do you have any statement do you have anything that you'd like to claim yeah don't go to London yeah don't go to London yeah it's well great. I love to when he's describing Frankie <laughs> yeah when he's like he's when he's like there's a reason they call him Frankie Fourfingers he's like he, he, he makes, makes awful, yeah, he makes stupid bets fucking with bets. dangerous people, and when he doesn't pay up, they give him the chop. And I'm not talking about his fucking foreskin yeah, either. There it yeah, is. that's a good line. Yep. I'm funny. That, I'm, I'm glad that you just said that. What do you guys think about Cousin Abby and like just the the introduction of an American character into this British world? I think he's perfect because I think he does not fit in in any way, shape, or form into no. their world. And I think that that's probably what they were going for. They were like, let's make this guy stand out so much, and he did. And I think Dennis. Is fucking so awesome good. Like, so I think he's funny. so perfect as the sleaze ball. And then I think it's awesome how like it kind of all ends with him. You know, for like, sure. He, he like, comes like, back. He's, at the yeah. End. So it's like if they, if you were to watch this movie and try to like put together what happens at the end, like beyond what happens in the movie, it all goes with him. Mm. It, it does. It, it really does because he's the guy that sets up the hit in the first place. He's mm-hmm. the one that sets up the robbery. 
and he's looking for this stone, and he's the one that needs to get the fucking stone the first. Like, he's the first person that, like, so had the idea to have to get the stone. And then he gets the stone. And he yeah. eventually comes and gets it. And it's delivered by people that he's never met. Yeah. What is amazing in this movie is that there are, like, a lot of these characters never meet each other in this whole movie. Yeah. Well, right, because, like, the story about Turkish had nothing to do with the diamond. Nothing at all. And then all of a sudden. Nothing at all. However, yeah, he, he ends up with the 18, fucking diamond. Yeah, Tom his stomach. Yeah. What do I know about diamonds? Nothing. <laughs> but no, nothing um, at all. It's funny. You're right. The dog really is. The dog is the vessel for this whole movie. Right. Like, because Saul and um, Vinny steal the diamond. And then the dog takes the diamond, and the diamond ends up in Turkish and Tommy's possession. And, and I love... I like that the... Hold on. Before you do that, I, I, I like at the end, because when um, the F... Or not the FBI, but the the British intelligence... The version it, of that. The version of the FBI in, in, in Britain. What do you they, know about... <laughs> yeah, what do you know about Pikes? They're, they're yeah, like questioning uh, Tommy in Turkish. And when you go to the slam cut of... Vinny and Saul, who went back to the Pikey site, just like Tommy and Turkish, mm-hmm. the only downside is that they had a dead Benicio del Toro in the fucking trunk. They had two bodies. They also they had, did. Uh, and they had bullet. Yes, right. That's right. They had two bodies in the trunk, and that's what really put them away. And when... I didn't put this together until I saw it last, uh, or I saw it uh, this afternoon, but... um. When they see the car driving off, they see the dog. They don't see Turkish and Tommy. Yeah. Because I was looking at it. I was like, oh, yeah, they see the guys. He's like, no, they see the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters. That's what they see. It's like, oh, my God, the fucking dog with a diamond that could save us. Yeah. He's like, no, nope, we're driving off with this real fucking slow. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I love how it's like, it's not aggressive. It's like... <laughs> What you got a body in here for? Oh Christ! Is that a tea cozy on his head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm thinking about when fucking Tyrone crashes into that van. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, he's a natural. <laughs> yeah, a natural, natural fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, what did you do that for? There's Tyrone? a lot of real yeah, good one-liners in this movie. Like the movie is super quotable. When I can ever Extremely learn these quotable. fucking quotes, <laughs> the movie will definitely be quotable. Like Brad Pitt. Ugh, I keep harping on, like, the different people in this movie. It really is an ensemble piece, but, like, Brad Pitt's seven, eight minutes, so good. Oh, yeah. You think there's only seven, eight minutes of, like, complete screen time? Maybe, Brad like, Pitt? 14. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was going to say maybe 10, 10, 15, whatever, yeah. But I, he's not in, he's not in like, a dominant amount of it. Not a dominant. Yeah, you're right. He's not in a dominant I'm trying to think about who really is. I know, Turkish. Turkish. Well, the great thing, Turkish. About, the, Turkish the great thing about Brad Pitt and his career has shown this is that he actually seamlessly transitions into ensemble pieces. And he does, I, I would argue that he does more home runs in his bit parts than he does in his leads. I agree. A lot. 100%. Right. Yeah, dude, his his leads are alright, it's Brad Pitt, like, you know, you like the journey, he's obviously fun to watch, but like, he seems to bring things out of other actors when you don't put all that pressure on him. It's like, here, I agree. we're going to throw you into the mix. And he's like, that's where I shine. Watch yeah. me. Yeah, because I feel like that's where he's having the most fun, and it's not just work for him. Yes. Dude, uh, and dude, I don't know. Like, it was interesting. Another piece of trivia. Uh, apparently, this part wasn't even written. Like, Guy Ritchie had just, He like, asked him for it. Yeah, Brad Pitt, like, called up Guy Ritchie, and he's like, I want to part in your next movie, and Guy Ritchie was like, oh, shit, 
I gotta write something for you. For which Brad is so Pitt. funny because then yeah. Brad Pitt saw the character, how it was like a boxer, and he was like, I just made Fight Club. He's yeah. Like, Are you kidding me? And he he was, like, was just going off literally. Fight and Club. then they were like, and then he still wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah he was like, I wanna be in this movie. He's like, so fuck it, I'll do it. Well, that's pretty fucking kick ass. I know. That's pretty kick ass. Yeah. And like, and I, I don't think that there's anybody else that you could put in there other than Brad Pitt. Only probably because I've seen it only with Brad Pitt. But like, who else? What do you think? Is there, no, I was just gonna say, like, naturally, like, going off of that, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, so, like, this movie comes out today. Like, who's playing the part? You know what I mean? Right. So I did do that a little bit in my head. Um, Can't wait to hear what you got. I don't yeah, have, like, a concrete it. one for Mickey. Um, do you know who Ansel Eggert is? From Baby Driver. Who is it? Yes. Ansel Eggert. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I yeah, like yeah. him a lot. I thought, I, I like pictured him in it, you know. Okay. As, I, I, as, as, Mickey? as Mickey, yeah. Really? Yeah. He's, wait, wait, he's a good what, actor. What base is that off of? Like, I, he hasn't been in anything that would, like, dictate you putting him into that role. I just, when I think of his charisma and, like, I think of, like, you know, he's it's got to be a good-looking character, too. And I just think that he kind of fits the mold of, like, who could kind of fill that seat. You know that's what I mean? That's interesting. I like that's that. That's a weird one. No, I do like that. I do like that. Because it takes a certain... It takes a certain level of confidence to pull off like something that Brad Pitt has done, and I mean he's been a leading he's been a leading character, you know. What I mean? Like yeah, he has the whole Divergent like the series Finch and the Billionaire Boys Club and Allegiant, November Criminals, shot in Rhode Island. Heyo, um, heyo. But like, but he was also in Fault in Our Stars, where he plays like a very heartfelt character, and he's in Baby Driver, which is yeah. incredible. All right, yeah, that's fair. I mean, all right. So that. So I had him. I had him for the Mickey part. That wouldn't be. That wouldn't be terrible. I feel like he might have the build and like the the youth. In but that's him. the other thing too. He's tall and he's a little bit lanky. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. like Brad Pitt doesn't have a fucking ounce of fat on him. Not an ounce of fucking fat. Which on is him. crazy because he. I feel like Brad Pitt actually would punch someone like as hard as. I mean, not not as hard as he does in the movie, but like I feel like he could throw a punch. Yeah, and I don't think that there's any bit ever been a movie where he's been like weak. Like there's never been a no. weak Brad Pitt movie. No. Like, and, like, seriously, try to think about it, where he's weak. I mean, maybe the stoner in Blue Valentine, or I'm not, I'm, um, I'm sorry. Uh, true or, Romance. True Romance, yeah. thank you. Maybe that guy. I'm going to throw one out there that's like, it's it's a really niche market, but uh, I would argue that he was weak. He was a very weak character in uh, the Angelina Jolie movie. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No, no, I know which one you're talking about, the one she directed. By the Sea. Yeah. He, he played... Oh, I don't know anything about that He one. played a very... Very, very weak character in that. But like, oh, that's I, interesting. I, I can't help but thinking that Angelina did that. Did that on very purpose. Very She's like, you're going to be weak. She's like, you're a little bitch in this movie, and I'm going to be your director. Real, like, I, I think you're going to leave me. I know you, Bradley. <laughs> and if you guys want to know who I had recast for Cousin Avi, it's Matthew McConaughey. See, I would have cast Gary Cole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would have cast Gary Cole. I think he's too old. No, don't do that. <laughs> Gary Cole's like 75 now. <laughs> Gary well, Cole can do anything. Old. He looks great in Pineapple Express, which didn't come out that long ago. Came what out like the... 13 years ago. So what? <laughs> Gary Cole is... And he looked old then. Gary, Gary Cole is drinking the elixir of life. Anyway, He's Mike Brady. Anyway, what did you guys think of... Uh, I want We've touched on a lot of these characters. I want to touch or on a Hank couple Azaria. more. Or Hank Azaria. I would have cast Hank Azaria as Avi. Yeah, right. you fucking would. I'm over that. Yeah. What do you mean, over that? He would have been fine. What do you guys think of Doug the Head? <laughs> what do you guys think of Doug the Head? 
Uh, he was like a non-character to me. Negligible. No, so negligible. So negligible. Oh, he is the guy that helps uh, tie it all to something that's worth anything. Well, yeah, he's he, going, he makes anything. the call. He connects Avi to Turkish at the end. So he's so the guy like, that makes the call. And, but well, like, and I, he's the guy that's supposed to be able to exchange the diamond. And he's the guy that's supposed to make the diamond into actual money. Like the diamond is just a figure where he's the guy that makes it into actual worth. So, so I think it's two different questions. And the character or the actor? The character. Yeah, I guess the character is more important than I probably would credit to. But like, I would I just say it's the same question because, like, as the character and the actor, that ca- it didn't do. Well, no, because the character me. is more important than the actor himself. The actor himself was all right. Well, the character is like I a think plot he did it device. Just fine. Like he he was, just, and, it, and I thought it was funny how he's supposed to be. Uh, he's a diamond salesman. He pretends that he's Jewish because it's better for business and selling diamonds. I'm gonna get you to a Jew doctor. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. I'm glad that you just said that. But um. <laughs> And, and, and it's really funny. Like, they do this explanation of, like, he tells the family they're Jewish, but he's not Jewish. He's about as Jewish as, you know, fucking bread that's not kosher or whatever, whatever they say. And uh, then he sees the the young Hasidics outside of his shop. Mm. And uh, he, he's like, what are you guys doing here? I think it's a free country, isn't it? It's like, well, it's not a fucking free shop, is it? Mm. Now, fuck off. Now, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love that. I think it'd be interesting to see what the motivation was for casting that guy. That yeah, guy? like, I feel probably, like you could have cast somebody voice. better, and it would have been... You think just because of his voice? I think just that his, like, his voice, voice it was stuff? It was commanding enough. Like, who is that guy? It was, it was boss Mike, enough. Was, Mike Reed? Uh, oh, Mike Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was your boy, Mike Reed. They couldn't have gotten, like, Tim Allen to do it? <laughs> no, your boy, go, Timmy. Don't even go there with the Tim. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I think that he was, I think that it was just fine for the little screen time that he had and the little importance that he had. Like, anything that he delivered, <laughs> I thought was just, just perfect. Yeah, like, I don't think he takes from the movie at all. You know, no. that's, I think that's what I mean by negligible, is that, like, when he's on the, when he's on the screen, it's usually leading to something bigger, which well, is why. Well, he's kind of encompassed by everybody else around him. Like, yeah. I'd rather watch Stephen Graham. Yeah, like, I'd, I think, I'd rather watch I think if the Alan. movie doesn't have, like, one or two of these cast members, I think it probably shines a little bit more of a light on like, oh, who is this guy? But you're so sure. wrapped up in Brad Pitt's dialogue, <laughs> you're just like, I don't, I don't. Okay, I get it. This guy's, you know, he's yeah, a like, means you're to still an end. To, like, you're still trying to process what Brad Pitt said in the first scene before you can even process before you what even recognize that, that he, you know, this guy is on screen. Right. Okay. Who's okay. next? Fair enough. Uh, next, uh, somebody that we haven't touched on much at all is Boris the Blade. What did you guys think of Boris? The I, sneaky fucking Russian. I really like that actor. Um, uh, his name is Varide. Uh, I can't, I'm not even going like, to attempt to pronounce his last name. No, go ahead. Uh, Serbinja. Sure. Sh- Serbinja. Serbedja. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Ride Serbedja. I, I've only been conscious of him in one other movie, and that's Eyes Wide Shut. He plays the uh, costume shop owner. Oh, my God, you're right. And I love him in that movie, and I love him in this movie. Uh, I like him, too. I love his dialogue. I love what he says. I love his whole, like, he's com- kind of aloof like as a person but he knows the business that he's supposed to be uh involved in like he's definitely kind of like oh okay well like here's the thing like this is what i need you to do i and, like, really no love when and he then he pulls the gun out the and he like, really does oh that's when he so comes back to brilliant. the house and there he just grabs stephen graham by the balls and then he just ignores the two of them and he grabs the ak-47 and he just walks back down the street muttering to himself but it's like boris the blade does seem like a vet 
Like, Boris the Blade as a character seems like a vet. Like, he's been to war before. I don't know what war, but he's been to some kind of war before. And he's he, he's been in this situation where, like, guns don't scare him. Hmm. Like, nothing really scares him. And he's just, he's just, for, what was the snicker what for? What are you laughing at? I knew I recognized this guy. <laughs> was he from something else? And it's from Eurotrip. Oh when, my God. When they're in Eastern Russia and, <laughs> and they look at the guy and he goes, you Americans? He goes, I love America. He goes, Miami Vice. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and they're all just like, yeah. And then like he, get, he guides them on their quest throughout Eastern Europe. Oh, that's right. But like I knew that I fucking recognized. And he's also in Batman uh, Begins. Um, yes, he is. He's You're the homeless right. guy in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I knew I freaking recognized him. Wow, that's like, out of nowhere. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> he was. I think he just likes to be man. in movies. Yeah. He's like. That's but so he's random. but he's so good at this where it's like he is the force that never loses the, his cool. Like there's no, very much so. Like he is no cool, point. calm, collected the whole time. Yeah, he knows exactly what he has to do, what he's going to do as soon as he gets the call. And he's, I, I want to say that he's drunk the whole time, because the first time that you see him, he's he's making tea and he's pouring vodka into his tea. And he's also he's very believable as the as the hitman. Well, yeah, as like another uh, again, Boris the Blade is another kind of wild card that kind of throws you off in this movie. Well, yeah, it's like whose team is he on? Like who's he? with like what does he represent like is he, he represents himself like you, and the russians are you rooting for him are you not you know which I, I that's a big question i had throughout the whole movie about everyone who are you i'm like for? i'm like who's the protagonist in this movie like i wanted it to I be benicio yeah ultimately i think those are the the protagonists but even them they're scumbags too <laughs> they're <laughs> definitely not clean they're, they're probably the cleanest but they're not clean like they're not murderers brad pitt's likable too like mickey's character is likable he's the, probably the most likable mm. Well, you, you really you really like the fact that he makes out like in the end. Yeah, well, I what I really like about him is that he's got a code. It's family, and and yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. living by this very you know like this is how we operate, and I'm doing things for my ma and my clan. Ma. <laughs> yeah, so for it's like ma. I, I, I like that he he seems to be the only one who has any sense of like moral order. Um, everybody else is kind of like, ah, we just gotta do what we gotta do to survive, you know. You know, does that make sense? Am I am I off? Nope, nope, not at all. That's 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 spot on. Yeah, I don't is. recognize anything else that that guy's in. No, and, and, but like and he really shines in Eyes Wide Shut. Well, that's the that's the point I think of a lot of Guy Ritchie movies is that there are only like a handful, if not like half a handful, of people who matter and who will become I shouldn't say matter but who become like something gentlemen what is going on here <laughs> who become who, be who really become something who or who were something when they casted him yes and he just makes these incredible fun fucking movies with half nobodies we do need to do the gentleman soon because that movie is fun we'll, we'll hit the gentleman I, I, I'd to. love to hit the gentleman um, but back to these characters uh, Vinny and Saul you you'd you'd mentioned that Vinny and Saul was like your weakest point. Yeah, to me it was. I th I don't love their dialogue. I don't love their interactions. Like I said, I do enjoy that first car scene before the heist. Mm. Um, I think that is really good. But then from there on out, I'm just kind of like, eh, they're the soft ones in the movie. I'm like, I'm not rooting for them. 
Fair enough. And I think that they're like the people that you shouldn't root for. They are mm. like the idiots where it's like they get what's ever coming to them. It's like they get rich quick. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they are the schemers. Mm. And it's like they're pawn shop owners and they're not fucking right. That right. That and, right in and, itself. I'm like. And, and they're like, yeah, well, hold up a bookie. Snake uh, in my mouth. I, I do. I do love, though, when uh, he's like, hey, did you get the guns? And, and it's also like interesting thinking about this is England where guns are like super illegal and really oh, hard to come. Fucking he, shotgun. But he gets like a fucking. I'm pretty it, sure that Robert Muldoon was carrying that in Jurassic Park. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. That's the gun it, it that was, Robert Muldoon had. It was. It was a girl. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it, it really was like an Shut assault up. shotgun. <laughs> it's a SWAT team shotgun that he has. He's like, well, I wanted to raise pulses. Like, you'll raise hell. What are you yeah. doing? I don't know. I like them. Uh, I honestly, I, like I love them, man. I really do. I thought they were fucking hilarious, but like, here, my only gripe with their storyline was that they, like, they stuck to their guns right at the beginning. They're like, no, no, we're not getting into that. And it's like, you just made bad choice after bad well, choice present, throughout the rest of they the were movie. Present, they were presented with an idea. It's like, okay, well, this can't go wrong. And they tried to go for it. It and always now, goes wrong. And now when does it not go wrong? And now it's it's so fucking wrong that we need to like kind of <laughs> double down in this idea of like, okay, we can't leave. And even even Vinny says that to Saul. It's like, well, why don't we just leave? It's like, well, you know, because life's too short, man. And you know, this guy's gonna find us, and we should just do what we need to do. It always goes wrong. And like that, that I really think that's the biggest thing that connects the two stories between Turkish and the Diamond is Vinny and Saul. Because Vinny and Saul are approached by Boris, who is supposed to try to find the diamond from the beginning. Mm. And now Vinny and Saul have made themselves into this kind of problem that affects Bricktop. And Bricktop is the one that now has a problem with Turkish and has a problem with Vinny and Saul. Bricktop's got a problem with everybody. That guy's got a stick <laughs> so far up his butt. And he he's another one of the examples of what ties this movie together. It's like he is like the 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 point of this triangle. Mm. He's the thing that needs to be beaten. Right, 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 right. Or, or at least like quelled. Not just beaten, but quelled. Literally shut down. Right, right, right. All right, cool. We got that, and then we've we've talked about Mickey, and uh, let's talk about Gorgeous George. What do you guys think of Gorgeous? Because I think he's a little bit more negligible, if not as negligible, as uh, Doug the Head. He's just the big goon. I was literally thinking the same thing. He's like Doug the Head. It's like, you could have put any actor in there. You could have. There's nothing that he does that's so special. Yeah, nothing. You really could have had any giant guy. He gets his ass handed to him. Yeah, but I also think that it's kind of funny where you have, uh, okay, this is the guy we're going to put all our money on. Is gorgeous George like from Turkish and Tommy? It's well, like, until okay, it's you see George. Brad Pitt do his move, I would have put money on gorgeous George. Yeah, he's pretty yeah, intimidating. Who wouldn't? It's like when you first see him, like he he's beating up the heavy bag, and uh, Tommy's like, "Oh, it's a bit aggressive." It's like it's it's not a tickling contest; it's an unlicensed boxing match. I'm like, what do you want him to do? Well, I think it's funny how gorgeous George was like a a build character in the movie, and it's like, yeah, oh, a I don't have any fucking clue who this guy is, and b they gave him no story, they gave him no dialogue. He got his ass kicked. Yeah, he got. But, his ass, literally. but yeah, because beef. he got his ass kicked is why they're in such trouble. Because this fighter, this one character, got into like the ass kicking, he got like that puts him in headgear. Then now Turkish and Tommy are in trouble. Like that's, I think that's why they gave him the the You're title. Scrambling. I'm not scrambling. George. No, they're scrambling. Oh, they're scrambling. Tom, yeah, Turkish yeah, yeah. and Tommy. The best way I can put it for George is uh, quoting Brink. <laughs> he got dissed. He ate beef. That's it. 
Yeah. He did get this, and he did eat fucking beef for sure. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> all right, so that's all the characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, why would you do that? All right, now what did you guys think of the soundtrack? <laughs> the soundtrack was great. I can't believe they spent a million dollars on that song by Madonna, but I guess it was well, money yeah. well spent. Well, that's Guy Ritchie's connection there. He, he, had, to throw his, he had to throw his girl Madonna a bone. Why? Are they, did they have a, a thing? His nickname was Mr. Madonna. Really? really? Yeah. He like directed a bunch that. of her videos and stuff I didn't like know that. that at all. Oh, really? And, yeah. wow. and she fucking slang him a million bucks for what, Damn. Uh, quit, what was probably 15 to 25 seconds. Damn. So you got to remember that like Madonna was a huge name. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big deal. So, along with the soundtrack, every character has their own like little musical motif. Yeah, they all have like a background like, song. Like when you, when they're introduced or when they have a scene there's something that happens like with the gypsy it is like the hand clacks and the yes and then with boris the blade there's the well there's a lot of like there's a lot of like james brown and like huey smith in there like there's a lot of that there is and that and again that's that's very purposeful i think like character to character well it also it sounds very hectic you know like those songs are they're crazy and they don't have you can't even really understand the words in the James Brown songs. Well, nobody can understand the words in any James Brown song. Exactly. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> That's a James Brown lyric. <laughs> no, but I, I really did like how there were uh, assigned uh, musical pieces for every character, even if it was just like just one thing. Just to get it, you know. Just to know like here the character is taking the force. Yeah. Like the character is here and like you can already tell like they're, they have something up their sleeve. Like anytime that the music came on like they had something up their sleeve or it's like their exit or their entrance like that uh that nice reggae song that uh Saul and um uh Vinny have like wow I was like cool like everybody has like a musical piece like all of these characters even like the sub like the the groups of these characters even, have their even own the musical submissives. pieces yeah everybody has the, everybody who's important has their pieces um Okay, that, that, that's what I got for that. I mean, I, no, I, I dig that. I don't really have much to add. I, I, don't, that, I don't have a ton for the soundtrack, no. The soundtrack I, was, I just think that it was it was one of those things where it's like, hell yeah, you thought about this. Like, yeah, you no, really it's a good did. score. It's, it's clever. Uh, yeah, it's clever and consistent, and I think that was the thing. It's like it's definitely consistent throughout the movie where it's like you, you've been introduced to these pieces and you know exactly what what's happening when you hear them mm-hmm. and, and not to the point where it's spoon-fed but it's like it, it's not spoon-fed emotionally it's 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 given to you as like everybody has a sound that is attributed to them and they all fit too they, like they, they, they fit perfectly they totally fit they totally fit um the editing the editing in this movie is just fucking mind-blowing Dude, the like the smash cuts the freeze just... frames the the instances of slow-mo to stop frame to back to slow-mo well like, even in the opening uh just during the heist, watching how they flipped the frames into another frame. Oh my god! I was like, I, I I had to actually rewatch it like four times to figure out how they were doing it. Still don't know if I have it down, but like, you know, you you'd be in some kind of a, a, a medium wide shot, and you'd see this robber going over there, 
hit a guy and then that frame would just flip and all of a sudden you'd be in the next frame as it's flipping over and i was like what well, the fuck is happening well right i now? think that's the, the and i was looking at that too i was like did they do that in post and i'm thinking like there's no way because if you flipped it like that you'd get those black you'd get you well, get you the black from that and i don't think that, that well not always not you do. always not you do. always you do not always no no not no, always. no, no, no. I, think is, that, I think that was in camera i think that a lot of it was in camera <laughs> no those flips didn't happen in camera not on that low budget man i think nope. they did. i think they did i nope. think there were some of them that at least uh did a bit of it um no, but the editing of this is so quick and fun, and it keeps it, like this is one of those movies that keeps me on the edge of my seat the whole fucking time. Me too. Where it's like I want to see what happens constantly. You know what I want to see? I want to see that heist scene. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it later. No, no, no. We're but, getting um, to it now. No, we ain't. We're not doing it now. We have no time. No, I'm looking it up now. <laughs> All right, let's get to these categories. Um. Are we on to the categories? I think we're on to the categories. I think oh, we, we've no. Gotta... Hold on. Before we move on to the categories, I just want to make a call out. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but the opening scene, the heist scene that we were just talking about. Yeah. It was a homage to Tarantino and Reservoir Dogs. Was it? I mean, I'm just... In what, like, Do you know this or are you speculating? I, I'm speculating, but the whole opening monologue that Benicio Del Toro is going on, it's about the Virgin Mary. <sighs> Reservoir Dogs opens like a virgin and them discussing the exact same thing. Well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I didn't put that connection together, but that's kind of cool. I see where you're going. Yeah. See it. I I do see it. I really I see do it. see it. And and I believe that it's fucking awesome. Like throughout all that coverage, like Benicio is still in character. Yes. Like he's completely in character, and he's just discussing these things. And what's even better is when they get up to the floor. It's like, are you trying to give me hot burn? Like he's convinced <laughs> that that's the guy that's supposed to say, like, oh, Bobby. And the guns happen, and. The... Let me ask you, do you think that they, so we see the monitors, we see all the security camera footage, do you think that they filmed that in one take, and they actually set up the security footage so sure. that they were watching it on the monitors, and then they picked up in the hallway? I'm really not sure. I just feel like it might have been easier and, like, time-saving to film everything in its own, like, coverage and then, like, do that in post. But it, it very well could have. It didn't seem like it was not that. It was seamlessly cut. It I was have, seamless. I have a feeling that they actually filmed it that way. Where, it, like, they, they had did, the security and... footage queued up to the monitors. You were filming the monitors, and they were doing one take. I have a feeling I mean, that's an insane setup, dude. Yeah. That's insane fucking but setup. But would you put it past Guy Ritchie when you've seen the rest of the fucking film? What a way to open the movie. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> right? And, like, that that's thats one of my, my favorite uh, pieces of the movie is when he's got the guy by the collar. He's like, where's the stone? And he just keeps... You know who that is, right? Who, who? So the guy that he's beating up, where's the stone? Those two hits? Mm -hmm. That's the DP. Is it really? It is. No shit. Yeah, it is, dude. So the DP just like swung in for to be a stunt guy. I don't know how they arranged it, but I read a piece of trivia. I read it on multiple websites that apparently the DP is the guy getting his brain smashed in. Where's the diamond? Oh, that's so fucking funny, dude. That's great. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like whoever can be available, I suppose, especially at like this level. Well, another fun piece of trivia, which I'm, I'm sure you know, but like anybody that li is listening and doesn't know, so. Apparently 
apparently they were so low budget on this project that during the fight sequences, when, you know, the house is supposed to be packed, whenever they would change camera angles, they'd take the same 25 background extras and then put them over and there. put them on the other side of the room. No shit. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's great because there's nothing like so huge. There's like no wides for these. The biggest uh, wides are in the boxing ring. Yeah, and, and even that is only covering, like, a small percentage of the room. Exactly. So, wow, that is fucking brilliant. Yeah, they had, like, 25 Everybody back. Yeah. <laughs> move over there! Company move! <laughs> Company move! <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. I love that. Now I feel comfortable moving now on Now you want to do the categories. Okay, <laughs> first question for you gentlemen is, did this movie work? Yeah. Andrew. Yeah, it definitely works. Um, I Based on everything I've read, everything I've listened to, your guys' opinion, I need to watch it again. I need to watch it more. Um, everybody says around the third or fourth time they see it, everything clicks, clicks in. Yeah. yeah. So um, so I think I think it works. I think it did work, you know, and I, th- I think it definitely still does. I enjoyed watching. I enjoyed every minute of it. Hell yeah. Sweet. Matthew? This movie works, and I, I want to give an on-air apology to you because <laughs> I know, dude, to anybody that's listening... Ace quotes this movie all the fucking time. He makes references to it all the fucking time. And earlier in the conversation, I said something about my eye rolls. I really do. I I, I roll my eyes. But, like, I'll eat all of my eye rolls because it was was really a welcomed watch. Yeah, you need to eat them. I I, I just said I eat them. Do you want me to eat them again? Eat them twice. Go back for seconds, motherfucker. Go back for seconds and dessert. Second harvest. But, no, seriously, like, watching this... uh, Again, it was really, dude, this is a fun fucking movie. Like, it was a really enjoyable watch. And, like, the cast and the writing and the editing, I was happy to watch it again. I'm glad you made it a thing. It works. It absolutely fucking works. Wow, man, I'm tickled to hear that from both of you. I really am because I believe that it still works. It's held up to me. I watch it, like, two or three times a year where uh, I just need to watch this movie. Uh, I have, like, a lot of my close friends, we relish in enjoying this movie together and quoting this movie and, you know, just just being a part of it. And uh, I'm just happy that you guys liked it because I, I, I really do think that it works all the way through. Hell yeah. There's nothing that changes about it. But, yeah, um, I, li- I liked it a lot. Hell yeah. Okay, uh, is this a movie or is this a film? Ooh, that, oh. It's very it's, tough. It's almost been, like you just slapped us with that. I forgot that one was coming. Yeah, that's the one, boy. boy. I think it's a film. You think it's a film? I do, yeah. Interesting. Matthew. Well, actually, you know. Defend Andrew, yourself. Yeah, Defend yeah. yourself. So I think I think Guy Ritchie, like like you said this throughout the podcast tonight, I think Guy Ritchie is a stylistic. I think you'd probably define him as an auteur. I think I would exactly, and I mean, I think that that I think there okay. needs to be some credence lent to that. Um, and I think, I think it's really well written. I think it's about more than just what's on the surface of what you see. Um, and I think that they do a really good job with it. I think it's more, and so I think it leaves more of an impact than just describing it as a movie. Interesting. I think it deserves the credit. Of calling interesting. It a film. Okay. I think it's interesting that you're saying interesting. Like, I, I do think it's interesting because I think that this is a. I do believe that this is a movie, but one of the most entertaining movies done in the style of filmmaking. Like this is a craft movie where like there's nothing so deep about this. Like there's no metaphors here. These characters don't really represent anything that's metaphorical. And the story doesn't represent anything that's really metaphorical. As much as it is very surface, but it's just a great stylistic 
like fast and like damn near sexy way of like saying this story and like putting this all together and like cutting it together to the point where it kind of leaves you almost like jarred Mm. but it's like as jarred as these characters get throughout this movie but I will still call it a movie. I mean, I, like, I don't think that it's like really a film where it's like, oh, this is like at the pinnacle of like storytelling. Yeah. But I, I do think like this is a movie that is worth watching. If you love movies, if you love disconnecting from your life and your emotions and just watching a movie, then yeah, this is definitely one that is fun and it earns it. I'm going to jump right on that train and say this is a movie 100% across the board. But this is the kind of movie that it's like, oh, can't wait to see when he breaks into a film. This is like sure. the stepping stone. Like after this, like you expect gold from this guy. Uh, but this, in and of itself, it's just super fucking entertaining. I just, I like, uh, like for me, a movie is rewatchable like 150 times, and it's, sure. it's still fun. That's this. That, uh, I agree. That's that is this. exactly this for me. It's like, like I'll the literally mummy. watch this all the time. <laughs> I know that's probably not a good analogy. What did you say? The money? The mummy. Oh, the mummy? With Brendan Fraser. Oh, I Christ. Pop that, I pop that movie on. I'm like, I know it's mindless entertainment. I'm going to love it every single fucking time. But the difference between this and something like The Mummy is that it's not mindless at all. This is well-crafted. It's very well. Like, to the point but where it, it could I would be considered s- film craft. Like, it really could be considered, like, not... Not just pure, but not subject. Not subject. Like no, this. Not subject. Like this is a gangster film, quote unquote. But it's not More a than film Lockstock, because sure. it, it doesn't like achieve that Goodfellas level. It doesn't like interrogate a character where you get like all the facets of how they went through this journey. And so you're not emotionally like confused as to who you're supposed to root for. Like everybody's very much like open as to who they are when they're introduced. They're all despicable. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> all they're all greasy bastards. But you want some of them to win. You don't want and then some of them you don't want to win. Correct. So, yeah. Like, movie. I, I think it's a movie. All right. Uh, is this going on to theater or is this going on demand? I think on demand. On demand. Mm-hmm. You got anything about it or? Yeah. Or do you want just... I just don't think it's enough to warrant the big screen right now. I don't think it needs to be seen on the big screen. I think you can watch it on on demand and be fun. I agree. I I, I, yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, this is going on demand every time. It doesn't have the star power. Um, well, it's got Brad Pitt. I don't necessarily and agree Jason with Stratt. that. Yeah, Jason I don't agree with that necessarily. But it I do. doesn't have the star power, and it doesn't have the epic scope. Like, no. When I when I think of what's going Definitely to theater, not epic. Yeah, when I think of what's going to theater nowadays, I'm thinking like it's either you know a Leonardo DiCaprio movie or it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean most things aren't going to theater right now, so it's kind of like you yeah. You have to look at it from that angle. Yeah, that's true. Know? That's very true. I believe that this is definitely going on uh, the demand. I'm not sure what demand service it is, but it's definitely going. It's, it's a good demand. This movie. has like a prime vibe. I was just like about to say Amazon this prime. is either prime or this is like Showtime. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not Hulu. It's, it's not, not mainstream Hulu, enough though. to be like <laughs> HBO. But like, it's also not Hulu. Well, what sure. the fuck is Hulu? All right, pal. exactly. It's like it's it's got a little bit more than just Hulu. Hulu's yeah, a little bit cheesier. What it is is it's one of those. Uh, on-demand movies where like 
a couple of your friends see it and they all recommend it to you like especially if you like they know you like film it's like yo dude i just stumbled across this you really should see we this. were this ripped is, in our in our basement at 3 a.m like this, <laughs> this is way better than anything that i've seen that i just put movies on for and i feel like you're gonna find that on like an amazon prime or a showtime you're not gonna find it on hulu or stars you'll find it on netflix or hbo max what's your what issue you with hulu about? yeah i just don't i don't like issue? hulu i don't like oh hulu. come on man it's because i the, agree with you the U and the L and the U. It's. I agree that the, I think it's a prime. I think this is. I think this movie's coming to prime. Yeah. Any fucking way. Who stole the movie? Ooh, good question. This is a good question this because I feel really like this movie question. is evenly distributed between every character. I have an Who answer. Stole it? I have an answer. Oh, what is it? Go for for it. me, it's one hundred percent Bullet. Me too. I, yeah. I completely agree with that. I think bullet? it's Bullet too, Tony. He has his own story. He has his own story, and he just carries it in spades. I think there's probably only three or four characters in the movie that wouldn't qualify. So you do have a lot of options. True. You do. Okay. So who doesn't qualify? What do you think? Turkish, Tommy, I think Turkish. And even Tommy might. I don't think Mickey does. Um, I don't think Turkish does. I don't think um, cousin Avi does. Oh, that's funny because I that's like um, that's one of my go tos. Is Avi? You would go to, you would go to Avi, and I don't think Bricktop does. Bricktop well, definitely, definitely Bricktop does. not. If if it's not Avi, then I really will say Tyrone. <laughs> sure. Tyrone, you big fat bastard. I mean, that's closer to the original parameters that we set, like I way back when. Even though Tyrone's build like in the in like the big like montage in the beginning. Yes. Or, or is he? No, oh, Tyrone. He not. He he's not. on the cover of the movie. He too. is on the cover like, of the movie. He's on the poster. And like the, the big lead, guy. The lead really? and like this is definitely marketing, like working its fucking dirty little magic and little tricks is marketing Brad. Dirty Pitt. girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's wolfie, so, wolfie, wolfie. It's so very dirty, dirty. <laughs> but it, it is like a dirty little marketing trick. To put Brad Pitt at the fucking like forefront of this movie poster, and it's not his movie at all. No, not at all. He's a like, big player. He's a big player, and he's a great little asset. But he's not the fucking lead of the movie. Like the fact that Jason Statham and fucking uh, Stephen Graham, Stephen Graham, are behind him. It's like, come the fuck on. Well, I mean, again, fanboying over Guy Ritchie, but he knew what people wanted. In yeah, the, in the well, promotion, well, at least his, you his need promoters to keep Brad did. Pitt front his and promoters did. The guy who were, the guys who bought it and were trying to fucking sell the damn thing, yeah, they fucking knew who to market. It is ironic, though. I, I don't know if it's ironic, but it is funny to me that all of Guy Ritchie's posters are, at least for his like gangster, they're damn near the same. They're damn near the same. The damn gentleman, near. Lockstock. Well, Lockstock's got Snatch. more of a Reservoir style. It's and then, almost the and exact Snatch same and poster. The gentleman are the same. They have like that pyramid, like like really pieced out, like. Like, here are our main characters. Who we're selling, and then we just put them in the bag. And it's, like, just the Expendables. It's, like, a lot of those action flicks where yeah. it's, like, you, you put all your cast out there just like that. It's, like, this is what you're coming to see. But, like, what Guy Ritchie does that's fun, though, is that it's it versus the Expendables. With the Expendables, is like, this is what you're coming to see. You'll get an action film. What Guy Ritchie does is, like, here are the ca- here's the cast, but I'm going to I'm gonna subvert your expectations. Here's the cast, but none nothing of you are, expect to happen. And nothing what you're expecting. No. And none of them are as important as where they're placed in this picture. Correct. Which I think is cool. Um, all right. Well, what's your favorite line? And I know this is an extremely quotable movie, but what is your favorite line that, like, sticks to you now? This you guys is have a really one? quotable movie. Andrew, you got Mine's something? in the quiet words of the Virgin Mary. 
come again. <laughs> oh, I love that too. <laughs> I think as soon as I heard that, I like spit out what I was drinking. I was like, "What was the line?" And Bullet Tooth Tony has a lot of good ones too. Oh, for sure. But um, it's in the quiet words of the Virgin Mary. Come again? <laughs> <laughs> of course you would like that line. I think that's genius. <laughs> it was very funny. Matthew, what do you got? Ooh, I don't know. Um, maybe uh, I, I. it's such an offhanded line, but I really like who took the jam out of your donut from Tommy. You did. You took the jam out of my fucking donut. It, it was just like a throwaway line. but I. <laughs> that is a good one. That like, is a very good one. I'll defend myself why I like it, because I could see myself using that in the future. I was For like, sure. hmm, that's applicable. <laughs> For sure. I like that, too. What about my, you? Mine is, uh, and I use this a lot, um, is for protection. Protection from what? The Germans. The Germans. Just, yeah. The, like anytime he brings back the the Germans, it's just. And you so said there was a funny. reason for that, right? Or, or did I put words in your mouth? No, you was that put you? words in my mouth. I don't know if that there's a reason for the Germans, but I just think that that's a fucking hilarious line mm. for every time that it's brought up. They like, do yeah, at least the three times ass before the Germans get here, and like there are so many like different lines in this movie. Like uh, again, like uh, yeah, like you told me to get a gun. It's like you got a fucking anti-aircraft gun. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, I think there are, there are many more in Lockstock, but in in this, it's, it's like the whole fucking movie is is quotable. It's like, yeah, have anything to declare? Yeah, don't go to England. Don't go to England, dude. They're actually I'm, it's I'm, London. Actually, don't go to London. I'm I'm the uh, Flipping through the quotes right now, and I actually got a. I, I love this one from Soul. You ain't from this planet, are you, Vincent? Who's gonna mug two black fellas holding pistols, sat in a car worth less than your shirt? <laughs> bullet tooth Tony. And Dude, his bullet tooth Tony. Fun fact. Point five zero. Fun fact. The guy who plays Bullet Tooth Tony, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie Jones got arrested. The day before that they were going to film that scene in the car, that shot of him, so they, they hold on a two-shot of them in the car, and you see his reflection blurred. That's not him. No. No. Oh, that's so funny because he is, and, and I thought, what I was, dude, that's so funny. I just watched this today, and I was like, I was looking at that scene. I was like, wow. Why don't they, really, they rock focus? They, I, like, wow, they really blacked him out to be like this ominous force. Like, he really is just like the blackness that comes what over What an them. artistic choice. It was like. <laughs> No, the fucking cunt got fucking arrested for being a fucking cunt, probably. The motherfucker wasn't even on set that day. Oh, that's so fucking funny. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you know that. Yes, yes. Um... And that's uh, that's pretty much the extent of my snatch knowledge. <laughs> I've I've exercised it all on this podcast. Is that the last category? No, no, no. Uh, the last one is what would you do differently? Uh, nothing. No, I did, the way that he did it. I was like, I couldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't even want to try to rearrange this. Like, I like it how it is. Dude, honestly, it's one of the most charming movies I've ever seen. Very I charming. Am, I am charmed from start to finish. Like, I am entertained, charmed, and in love as soon as I see this movie. It's just like the funnest way to make a movie. Like, for anybody that looks at movies to be fun and to like really escape themselves and like as a medium to where it's like, okay, cool, I can just put this on and just be entertained and Talking not think to you, about Andrew. my life. Yeah, that's all I watch movies <laughs> like, for. This is the British crime entertainment movie for anybody. It's like, and, here we go. Yeah, this this really does hold me from start to finish. I wouldn't stop and change a fucking thing. Alright. Actually, now that we're talking about this, I can get specific. There are two things I <laughs> would have changed. There are two things I would have changed, and they're so minor as to be negligible. But I would have changed two things. The first, I would have given all the characters more headroom. 
in the frame. Jesus. Seriously. Okay. Yeah. I was okay, watching fine. the movie, and I was like, mm, man, they keep cutting off his head. You're too close to the elephant ant. You're too and... close. And then the second thing I would have done, and I, you're going to laugh when I say this. I really mean this. All of their tracking shots backwards, their two shots dialogue, their yeah. walk and talks, I would have picked up the pace. I kept saying to myself... Jason and Steven, they feel like I feel like they're walking slow so that so the they camera can the and so, so the camera well, can, so the camera can stay in focus and move backwards. I was like, oh, that's fair. That's Ugh. fair. I mean, I think that like the lines are the the point. It's not like the pace that they're walking. Correct. And it's Correct. Also, and it's also the culture, like British culture, is like they stop to have tea before fucking like going to war. So it's I like, mean, you know, like like I mean fair. I mean fair. But here's my thing, though. You like this is why I know I'm on something because you have those same walk and talks in the gentleman and the only difference is budget they had the budget to actually get the pace the way it should have been well because they had the budget to shoot it as many times as they could exactly and in this it's the walk and talks are showing their budget and their age uh they're they're walking too <laughs> slow they're they're meandering but anyway that's neither here nor there i was just getting very minute with what i would have changed you, you sure were man very, I, that's right. the subject very yeah. It was completely irrelevant. No, it's right. not irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. That's the that's the topic. So anyway, uh, in in um, light of this movie, in irrelevant. Hour, what are you talking about? Irrelevant? It was erroneous. No, it was absolutely <laughs> erroneous. It's erroneous. It was erroneous on both counts. <laughs> erroneous. <laughs> all right. What's so next? In honor of this, that and that's all the categories, and now we're getting to the challenge. And the challenge this week that I came and uh, presented to these two fine gentlemen here that I share a table with is that I wanted to give them some British rhyme slang that they're going to have to figure out what it means in our terms. Cool. So cool. here's this this uh, small list, and I think there's like 12, maybe 15. Uh, words Shut here. up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably got two more coming, so don't you worry. But okay, here we go. So the first one is blagged. Can you use it in? I, I, was just, I knew you were, were going to fucking do this. Can you yeah, use it I in the sentence? Ready. It's like, you know, I had five dollars, but this motherfucker blagged ten. Stole? Wagered? No, stole. Well, stole. Stole. Blagged. I like blagged. that. Blagged is robbed. And is that's, there a, that's in the movie. Is there well, an etymology? Like, did you did you go? Yeah, I, I went and looked this all up. And, all right. Yeah, I looked this all up, and it's also backed up from the movie where, um, and then I'll point back to the scene where Avi is first meeting Bullet Tooth Tony. He's like, oh, they, they blagged the bookies. He's like, speak English to me. I thought you fucking spawned the fucking language. I can't understand a damn thing you're saying. He's that's like, right. Blagged. Robbed. 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 So, I, so where does that come from? Like, how do how do you put? It's usually rhymed. Like, a lot of the English uh, slang comes from rhyme slang. So it's just words that rhyme with the other words. It's not anything very specific. Joke, tell a story. But okay. Any, anyway, okay. So there's another one. Um, you're right. You're all right. You're all right. Are, are you all right? Yeah. No, but what does that mean? What's going on? Oh. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's what's going on. What's up? Hey, man. I know that. That all kind of like accumulates into you're right. I know that from uh, Ricky Gervais, his his show extras. Yeah, that's right. On extras, they're always saying that. You're right. right. 
And, and it's not like, are you all right? Like, like you, as in, like, they're good? concerned. No, it's, it's like, like, what's up? Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and I think it's an, it, it's used in, like, such funny instances, like uh, like someone's down on the ground, like, hey, you're all right. You're all right. What's, what's going on? But they don't like, mean, like, like, are you are okay? Are you okay? You no, know, it's no, like, no, what's no. up, man? What are you doing? What's like, going on? What are you doing, I guess, is the... the um, the the watered down version of it. All right, next one, uh, porky pies. Mm, uh, I know this from Austin Powers Gold Member. Porky pies are lies. It's telling a false truth. Can you use it? <laughs> are you telling pork pies in a bag of trout? That's pretty good. Yeah, no. porky pies are lies. Yes, I'm so good at this. You suck. <laughs> porky pies right. are lies. You better not be telling me porky pies. Yeah. Again, rhyme slang. Okay, uh, taking a piss. Mm, I would only be stabbing in the dark at this one, but I have an idea that like taking a piss. Are you are you are you fucking with me, Andrew? You got anything? What is it again? Are you taking a piss? Are you taking a piss? The term "taking a piss." Hey, this is this is interesting because taking a piss, taking the piss, are two different things. Matthew's right. It is. Are you fucking with me? Are you fucking with me? You taking like, a piss? You, you taking a piss? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's exactly what it is. All right. Uh, minerals. Minerals. Vitamins. 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 Yeah. Use it in yeah. a sentence. No. That yeah. That works. You, uh, use it in a sentence. Uh, let's see. Let me let me craft a sentence here. Um, this guy was dribbling his minerals roll, trying to tell me what was up. Words. Balls. Minerals or balls. Balls. Like testicles. The guy's trying to show his balls. Like you know, this guy's got fucking minerals. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? right? Again, that's pulled from the movie where um, Tommy is coming in to save the day after Turkish being held up by Bricktop's guys. And yes, he's got the gun right. to him. And uh, he takes a step forward. He's like, oh, you want to see if I got the minerals? That's right. Which is so interesting because minerals, you always think about like being microscopic. Right, 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 right. I feel like you'd want to go over the top with that. Well, like, that's, want, that's, want to see my boulders? That's British long. That's British slang. British <laughs> that's long. British long. <laughs> that's British slang. There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, brass tax. Business. 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 Facts. Facts. Business. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. Business. What are we here for? The brass yeah. tax. Okay, that's good. Uh, Pikes. Okay, so I'm glad you bring this up because as we've been discussing this very casually, it's been nagging at me in the back of my mind. Like, is pikey like a negative terminology? Is that like derogatory? It's a it's yeah, a pikey is a slight. Okay, did not know that. Pikey is a slight for gypsy, which is a slight for um, a specific kind of living. Uh, I guess in some terms, a religion like Romanian, uh, like the Roma um, culture. Okay. Um, interesting. I, I, I'm just real quick. I'm looking up the etymology. So possibly obsolete, pike, depart, or traveler, or possibly turnpike. The verb is derived from the stereotype that gypsies or other travelers are thieves. So, yeah, derogatory. Yeah, very derogatory. Pike okay. is derogatory. A working class person can vary from specifically Irish travelers to gypsies or travelers from any ethnic background, but now increasingly used... For any socially undesirable person, I fair. Was, yeah, that that's a pikey. That's a pikey. That's okay. A pikey. So yeah, for, <laughs> that makes sense. Okay, uh, skyrocket. 
Use it in a sentence. <laughs> I don't have a lighter. Or I was like, where are my keys? Did you check your skyrocket? No, I haven't checked my skyrocket. Check your skyrocket. Man purse? Satchel? <laughs> Man purse, that's good. <laughs> like a fanny pack? Um, say it one more time. Skyrocket. Skyrocket. No, I'm sorry, use it in a sentence. Where are my keys? I don't know, have you checked your skyrocket? Your ass. Pocket. Oh. Again, think rhyme. Oh, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Pocket skyrocket. Okay. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Landlord. The missus. Ooh, that's that's good, but it's not it. What do you got? Can you do you have a sentence for it? <laughs> uh, oh, all right. Let me try to use this in a sentence. Um, ask the landlord for a proper drink. Bartender. Very good. That's it. That's exactly it. it. That's nice. exactly it. Very good. Uh, disco biscuits. <laughs> How Andrew refers to his balls. <laughs> Cocaine. Cocaine, okay. What do you think? Disco biscuits. Uh, anything that's of value. Anything that's of value. Uh, recreational drugs slash pills. Rec- but pills. Cocaine's not a pill. I don't care. It was recreational drugs. <laughs> <laughs> recreational Disco drugs. Disco biscuits. It's going to be my screen name on AIM. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is, <laughs> you fucking boner machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be your chat roulette name. <laughs> Disco biscuits, quick stick. All right, um... <laughs> Sharpish. Sharpish. Quick-witted? Quick-witted? Yeah. Slow. Andrew's closer. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're going to get that pizza delivered to you in 15 sharpish. Oh. Kind of like giving you a time frame. Quick. Yeah. Quick. Like, that. that's what's when it's happening. Like, we need this happen now. Like, we need this happening four years ago. Yeah. Sharpish. Sharpish. Okay, cool. Uh, Aristotle. Is it used as like an insult? Like, oh, all right, Aristotle over here. No, no, no. Not the way we would use it. Like the... Aristotle. Aristotle. What you got? Again, think rhyme. Aristotle. Toilet. Aristotle. Like, like... Need a sentence? Yeah. All right, let's see. I want to say, um, like, car throttle, but, like... Car throttle? Mm, no, not at all. Um, let's see. Mm, let um, me think about that. No. <laughs> no. No. Let's see. Aristotle. Um, okay. So. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's, uh... uh Ow! The baby's, Ow. Get, the baby's getting loud. Pass her an Aristotle. Oh, her bottle. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Aristotle is bottle. That's stupid. <laughs> no, right. it's not. You're stupid. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> All right. Ping pong tiddly. <laughs> Ping pong tiddly. Like a rhyme? Or like no. a song? No. No. What do you got? Like a badger? <laughs> or like an eel? Like an eel, Japan fort? Ping I don't know. Ping pong tiddly is an alcoholic drink. Ping pong tiddly. Uh, ping pong tiddly. I was thinking of something that Whiskey. rhymed. Whiskey. She ordered an uh, Aristotle of the most ping pong tiddly. A bottle of... Of, s- of booze. A bottle of hobo's dick cheese. <laughs> from under cheese. From under cheese. From, from under my nuts. From the taint. <laughs> All right. Uh, bird's nest. 
Strip club. No. That was a good one, though. That was good. I, for, I'll give you that. For some reason, I feel like that would have been Bird's it. Nest is pretty good. for uh, Strip club is good for Bird's Nest. Bird's, bird's Nest. Like, bird's Nest. It would be like uh, Bird's Nest. Toilet. No. I, I got, got nothing. nothing. No. Chest. Chest. He got punched in the bird's nest. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Right in the chest. What do you mean, of course? What do you mean, of course? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) What a fucking dude. What an asshole. That's how I would respond if I was, like, in England and somebody was like, oh, you got punched in the bird's chest. I was like, of course I did. Of course I did. (laughs) Yes. And the context, the context definitely makes it a little bit more uh, obvious when you're you're listening to it. Of (laughs) course. What a douche. All right. uh, All right. uh, Nuclear sub. Sandwich. No. That's American only. <laughs> Nuclear sub, uh, toilet paper. <gasps> a, a bathtub. No, but you're oh, close in the rhyme. Fuck. A rub. Jonathan? A, good, uh, a rub and tug. Not a rub and tug. No, a nuclear no, sub would be like a, a sauna. No, it's a pub. Oh. Going of, course. <laughs> of course. Of course. All right, last uh, one. Ah, yes, the Kapoor Suite. All right, this is the last one. Uh, pull your socks up. Quit duck. Nin- duck. Duck. Oh, yes. Duck, that's yeah. exactly it. I was going to say quit That's ninja. exactly it. It's it, it's duck. It's get down, pull your socks up, duck. Even in the motion, you what, can what see. What song is that? Uh, no, not song. What scene is when, that? When um, the fucking... What's his name? Bullet Tooth Tony. Bullet Tooth Tony is like shooting into the hall. Pull your socks up! And he ducks. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. Yep. Avi, pull your socks up! Yeah, that's good. That's right. That's exactly right. And in that, that is all that I have for today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been drinking, been watching. Me too! I have too. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Of course. Of course. (laughs) But of course. Good night, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.